0: Hey, it's Daisy. In this episode of the Psychic Shack podcast, Mishad and I are talking about taking a class on Tarot. Some of the things you might want to look for when you're thinking about taking a class and also the way that Mashad teaches his classes. He has a slightly different method than the way most people tend to teach. And we hope you'll enjoy the insights that we share on both teaching a Tarot class and on taking that class. As always, you have our eternal gratitude for downloading and sharing this podcast. And be sure to check us out on our socials on Instagram, and on Facebook. At the Psychic Shack. We value your feedback and insights, and we love it when you interact with us. So come on in, take off your shoes, get comfortable around the fire as we talk about taking a class on Tarot in the Psychic Shack.
1: Hello, welcome to the Psychic Shack Podcast. I'm your host, Mashad. Thank you for joining me here at the Psychic Shack Podcast. We publish every first and third Monday, every first and third Monday, new episodes of the Psychic Shack Podcast. And I'm here with Daisy. We had an interesting experience this weekend.
0: We definitely did.
1: I was teaching Tarot this weekend, so I feel like we used to call it a psychic hangover.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know,
1: when you're dealing with that much energy and you're interacting and and after uh, the class, I'd actually had done a read. Right. And so that was something within itself because normally I am out the door. It's like I need to get on the road. I need to go and ground and um, a little
0: trail of dust in your wake. Exactly. You are exactly. But
1: this. it was strange when the person came in because I, I was walking out with you actually. Mm-hmm. And something I guess all the talk about intuition and we'll get into that with the class. And It was just something happened when I walked past her and Rosa goes, this lady wants a read, but I see you're leaving. I'll just give her your number. When I turned, I said, no, come on, we can go and do the thing. Right. Right. And somebody had come through.
0: Really? I
1: think that was a whole, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was amazing. Someone had come through. It was really cool.
0: You know, I, I'm finding this more and more in myself as well, how spirit lines up way ahead of time, (laughs) you know, Where you sort of wake up and this person's there and you're like, I don't know you, but hold on. And then all of a sudden things do line up.
1: Yes, exactly. And it becomes
0: very clear.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You know, and again, I go back to the whole concept that I don't believe the time actually exists in the sense that we yeah. understand it. Yeah. But spirit definitely does. And I am always impressed yeah. by that.
1: Yeah, When you think about the timing and all of that interaction, I, I, I was just thinking about the timing and even my response. So it wasn't as if I was conscientious and... I shouldn't say that, but I wasn't fully there. Right. You, know?
0: you literally just went, oh yes, I can give her a read. <laughs> like you didn't even think about it. Right, or, like it point. just turned. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was impressed by that. Yeah. I was like, wow, he just pivoted so quickly, yeah. like without a thought, you yeah. just did it.
1: It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm fairly new to the office because we moved. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not really fully set up or even acclimated. So I, as I'm headed toward the, the reading area in the office, now things are kicking in like, oh my God, I didn't clear this place. I didn't ground sage or anything. I've walked out of a class into a read, everything is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I should book out of here, man. I
0: considered all of those things, yeah, too, as you were exactly. walking away. I was like, what? and the girls in the background are going, this is his first read. Just like babies has got shoes and he's learned to walk. Isn't that just the most beautiful thing? Oh, my goodness. And then I thought, oh, my God, this is his first read there. And yeah, I was exactly. getting all of that like, wait.
1: So, I mean, it's a story worth telling, you know, if you understand all of the working parts. Right. You know, yes. the working parts.
0: But, but I, uh, I like how that story sort of illustrates the psychic shack anyway, though. I mean, the whole concept of the psychic shack is it's a relaxed atmosphere. Anybody is welcome. And I love that concept. Mm. And you really did underline it. You (laughs) just took the ball, you ran, and I'm sure it was a touchdown. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Right.
1: What did you think about the class?
0: Okay. I got to tell you, I...
1: (sighs) This was a two-dayer. This was, was, right? The uh, two-day thing going on.
0: Yes. I love, love, love your class. I absolutely love it. Was
1: it exceptional?
0: It was exceptional. Wait exceptional. a minute.
1: Wait one second. Let me. Do you have another pair of headphones? My head is really getting big. Is I just it, need. Yeah, yeah, it, just, They're about to snap. Do, I know. Just we need a bigger. B-
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I know you had a lot of trepidation, and I know you talked about initially you hadn't taught in a while. I mean, COVID hit. Yeah. Nobody did anything yeah. during mm-hmm. the whole COVID time. So that kind of gives you like a frame of references when we're recording this. And and this we're we're kind of in this whole post COVID world. We're coming back together. We've mm. got hybrid solutions to a lot of things, but this really was the first time that you stepped out and stepped back into your role as Mm -hmm. a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me you were a little nervous about it, but I I didn't pick up on that at all. Mm. I mean, I felt your nerves a little prior to the class because I know you, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, as you got warmed up, you just, you got right into it and it was wonderful. I love the way that you teach. I love the way that you teach Tarot because it is different than the way a lot of people give you the information for, Mm. for Tarot, because I have taken other classes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people start like bottom up. Okay. You start top down. Mm-hmm. Whereas people are like, eventually your intuition will kick in. You start and then keep reiterating your intuition is key. Yeah. It's primary. And all of this is going to make sense as you work with it. And you do something really cool and really unique. You start with the fool's journey. Yes. Which is often the last chapter in mm-hmm. other classes. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that because that really gets the story started. <laughs>
1: Traditional traditionally we're taught to row as individual cards and somehow we have to put this story together. So you're doing one of two things. You're either trying to put a story together or you're trying to get some information because they're not the same. It's difficult to do that by individual cards. I mean, it can be done, but there's an easier way to go about it. And what I've found is that when we can start to categorize like your majors, your minors, your court cards, and we can see how they associate to each other, then the puzzle pieces just make sense. So you don't have to struggle as much. And I think with the idea with intuition, when a person says, hold a card and tell me what you feel or tell me, they're actually promoting an emotion. That's not intuition. Intuition is, it doesn't come with an emotion. Intuition comes with a compelling, you know, it's something, you know, like I said, if I was, if I was driving my car and I'm accustomed to making a left-hand turn and for some odd reason, intuitively I make the opposite turn, there's no emotion in that. There's a compelling. Right. It's that's different. It
0: is different. It's different than I'm bored driving this way. That's an emotion. Yeah. And I think yeah. I'm going to go a different way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You're dipping into an emotion. You're, that is a right. distinct difference. Right.
1: So if I'm in a read and something comes out of the blue, that's my intuition. I, I'm not emotional about it. I'm compelled to say the name Billy or Grandma Jenkins. And, and so I'm not wrestling with that because when when we associate intuition with emotion, it, you, it becomes a wrestling match because we start to question. Exactly. You know, why did I get this? Where did this come from? I don't feel right about this. If this is someone's grandma, oh, I feel sorry for him. And uh, I can't say that she's crossed over you know, we get into that, but if we're, I almost want to say, and I don't want to use this improperly. I I almost want to say there is a degree of almost indifference because that brings a clarity. Mm -hmm. If I'm too associated with my card or my emotion, then I'm getting into my opinion, right? So we're trying to keep a clean slate. Whereas when information comes and I can associate myself being compelled as it coincides with the information then that's how I know I get ahead.
0: Yes. Very different Just feeling.
1: quickly. So what we do is that we categorize the cards and it's okay to put a little common sense in this. and yes. A little science is okay. Because it's easier to remember a story than remember individual cards. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to get at is understand what I'm saying. You almost have to take the class because the fool's journey, every human being has gone through that process. So you could be reliant on the synchronicities of the cards and you'll have a knowing in reference to how they speak. I don't think we put enough emphasis on uh, synchronicity.
0: No, I don't think we do. I, I really don't think yeah. we do. And, and I almost, <laughs> almost feel like synchronicity is sort of an accident of the universe and a purpose mm. of the universe mm. at mm. the same time. Yeah. And it's coming together in a specific way and it's telling a unique story to mm. you, the reader.
1: It is. And you're yes. picking
0: it up. You were talking about an emotion versus intuition. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that I feel the intuition in a different place in my body. And it's a different sort of feeling altogether. Right. And I have a great example because yesterday when I was driving into the class, I was concerned because I had, I have a friend, we have a mutual friend who mm-hmm. is not, not doing very well. He's, yeah. he's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of sick. And I had called him and he didn't answer. And so I started to feel that anxiety built in Mm. my stomach, like right before I'm coming in and I, and I was kind of like vibrating in that anxiety feeling. And I thought, okay, first of all, this anxiety is a liar and I Mm. hate it. Mm. (laughs) And second of all, this is not productive because if I could have set that anxiety aside, Mm. I could have used my intuition and my psychism and I could have felt into his situation and known Mm. that he was okay. I see. And that he would call me later and it all be all right. By the time I got there to the class, he had called me. And so I was, it was such a difference between I can feel in and I can know a thing mm-hmm. through my intuition and I can also not feel a thing because I'm, I'm feeling uh, so much anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Here, let me correct what I was saying. In our classes here at the shack, we teach in a very categorized way, intuition, And being an empath are normally the launch points and there becomes a fork in the road. You know, your psychism develops from there is what we've come to understand. If we're talking strictly intuition, then no, the emotional thing, in my opinion, is it doesn't apply. But if we're talking empath, most definitely, because that's where they're at. If you're starting out, can you be a combination of both? Absolutely. But what we try to do is identify what is predominant because that gives us an idea of how your psychism will come into play. Mm -hmm. Once that's identified, that's more under the psychic development classes that we give. But you have to, or I feel as if I have to incorporate aspects of that in the tarot class because it still coincides with being a reader. Right. So it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so one of the unique things I'm told continuously is that, well, now I understand, or now that makes sense. And the more I would hear that, it just really helped me to continuously categorize the different cards and allow them to interact with synchronicity. Let me say this also. When we say there's a difference between synchronicity and a coincidence. And I think and, and a lot of this stuff, man, you know what the problem is, is semantics and everything's thrown right. in one basket. And so the student and the teacher are trying to figure out what's what. There's another episode. It's called Organizing Your Psychic Closet. I really believe in spirituality. Things should be categorized and then categorized by association. And therefore, as it unfolds, it just makes more sense. Right. So a coincidence is an unfolding of events, but I can't really associate those things in my life. An example would be I woke up at seven and I'm driving to work and on the license plate in front of me is seven, seven, seven. I go get coffee at seven dollars and whatever cents. That really isn't doing anything for me. I can go to angel numbers. You know, if you want to go down that road, that's cool. But a synchronicity is different. So I could wake up at 518. I look at a license plates and it's 518 can be in the number. I go buy a coffee. It's $5.18. To me, that's a synchronicity because that's the day my mother passed away. Right. So that has a particular meaning to me. So Mm -hmm. I could therefore look at that and say it's personal to me. That's like a hello from heaven. That's mom's graduation date, you know, into the realm. So therefore, when I say a synchronicity with cards, we may want to instead of identifying the card, we may want to ask the question, why did this card fall? And what is it telling me if I'm only just looking at the picture? Mm -hmm. If we're without definition and we allow a person to, to just express
0: Right. Exactly. And that's like
1: pulling teeth. That's the hardest thing. You know, I was like, I was wrestling the other day. I was like, just speak.
0: Just speak. Right. Right. I mean, sometimes when, when I'm helping people learn a little bit, they're looking and they're going, uh, I think this means, and I, and I can see them trying to search Uh, for the definition in their mind. mm -hmm. And they're like, is that right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so it's the queen of pentacles. Mm -hmm. Describe the card. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. it telling you? Right. Well, there's this woman. And she's very lovingly looking mm. at the pentacle and it looks like she's nurturing this thing. Mm-hmm. There you go. Exactly. So take that. Exactly. What is that telling you? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, my mom called yesterday and we were talking about, you know, my daughter and that you know, there mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's the clue.
1: When you develop a storyline or like yesterday, we were looking at different scenarios and then we were developing storylines. The interesting thing with that, because you were there and you saw different people really approach a situation from different angles, but yet everyone had a a hit that had relevance. They really did. Even people who were apprehensive of reading, even the little things they said, was like, oh my God, that's like a direct hit. That's weird. Right.
0: They were surprised. (laughs) They They, were surprised, right? uh
1: So here's the key. If a person doesn't know they're reading and they're not, I guess we were saying, you know, performance anxiety. Yes. If we could remove that from the equation. And present a real read in the guise of we're just having fun and let's just see how I express. It's amazing how many hits you get because they didn't realize they were doing real reads on real situations. Right, right. And that's crazy.
0: Right. And you started it out with like, fake scenario. Just throw some cards. Let's see what we come up with. And then you were like, okay, well, you guys did great. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. You guys all did really great. And and that, I, I really did see the confidence level rise because I would say there were probably four or five people in the mm-hmm. class. And I want to say mm-hmm. there were probably four or five different mm-hmm. levels of reader in yeah, the class, of course, yeah. complete novices and on and on up yeah. people that had played around with the book a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and then some that had taken a class mm-hmm. and then, you know, some that had actually done some reads for some other people. Yeah. So really those different levels really did tell you a lot. And my favorites are always the complete novices, mm-hmm. those that haven't done the reading, who've just bought the cards and been interested. And they're in the class to learn mm-hmm. and they start to realize that they already know more than they think they do. Yeah. And that is yeah. fascinating yeah. to me.
1: This was almost like, it used to be like a four day thing mm-hmm. and it was introduction, intermediate, advance, and then it was something else. I think it was like a professional development, something along those lines. And I had to like trim some of the fat- it was hard for people to put that type of commitment up. And so the other day, this is kind of a condensed version of that. My concern is exactly what you just said. You have people who are readers in a class and you have those who are a novice. And my hope is that the readers, I didn't want to bore, but the novice, I didn't want to speak over their head. So we're trying to find this happy medium. But what's important is because you guys who read... When you guys pair up, then you can help the novice. And I noticed when you have two inexperienced people trying to read, I'm not saying it takes a lot of time, but the dynamic is different. When you have some experienced people paired up with those who may not be too familiar, it enables the process. It expedites the
0: process. Yeah, yeah, it it really does. And that's one of the things that I loved about it, because I remember you and I talking ahead of time, going, but you've already taken this class. And I was like, yeah, but I know I'm going to get something new out of it because I know the way that you present the information. I'm definitely going to. And I did. I, I I realized that taking the class and going through this process again, I heard different things. I heard you answer questions to things that I had been working on or chewing mm. on and didn't really have a clear picture of. And I was at a level that I was able to look at it differently because when it's first all coming at you, of course, you know, with anything that you're learning for the first time, it's kind of a fire hose (laughs) (laughs) you're trying to kind of absorb all Mm -hmm. of it, even though you do present it very gently Mm -hmm. and you keep the class engaged and all of that. I know it's, it's a lot to think about. You really do. I think the best approach to take the class is to take it. To go away and practice for a while and then come back and take it again. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think anyone would find the same thing Yeah, that you did learn something that you needed at that time at that, that time. you didn't end yes. at the beginning yeah. of class
1: we try to keep it small that precedent came because of the COVID thing obviously and then uh we started realizing that i could be more attentive to people i used to do these classes and it'd be like all oh, these people and i figure not everyone's getting it and not everyone you know it's hard to really do that smaller numbers it's more personable It is. And you can give people a little more time and it it just works because it's more than just giving a class. I mean, I like to think that people walk away feeling confident and willing to now go and and at least attempt to read and, and even have some fun, just have some fun. The one thing I I also would like to say is that sometimes it's hard to see something if you've been in it for a while. Right. Okay, so that would be me. I forget how nerve wracking this is. And that just really breaks my heart. And I kind of questioned that there was one person who we just had to kind of gently help her get into the read mode. And she consistently was saying she just didn't want to be wrong. Right. And that was kind of sad.
0: Right. And that is something that I've heard again and again, where the novice reader is going, is that right? I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of everybody. But the important thing is... Even you, Mashad, you know the cards mm. inside out, backward, forward. You started somewhere. You didn't yeah. know them all at the very oh, beginning. Course. I did not know them all mm-hmm. at the very beginning. It really is a process and a learning. And if yeah. you ever are in any kind of a class, in any kind of a situation that you feel bad about yourself because you're doing this and you're wrong about it, you're in the wrong class.
1: Yeah. You definitely. Yeah, I would have to really co-sign that. Mm-hmm. There was another person in the class and they were really shy. It's not forcing anyone to read. I mean, we have to really respect a person's level of comfort, and even the one who was apprehensive you know, everything slowed down, and I was really just thinking to myself, That's fine.' That's fine. We'll get it next go around. Mm-hmm. But once she started, once she started going, I was like, "Man, who put a dime in this one?" <laughs> she just really? it was rocketing. She really but, was. And, and so, I think as an instructor, if you're going out to teach to really think about respecting people's levels of comfort. Some people don't want to speak in public. Some people, when they're in a class, they do not want to read. Mm-hmm. It, they have anxiety already. They're taking in all this information. They're kind of beating themselves up like I'm going to forget or I didn't take copious notes. I mean, there's a lot going on in their world. And then toward the end, because normally we pair up and read. And if someone isn't comfortable with that because maybe they were just overwhelmed, I wouldn't force the issue.
0: I agree with that. And you know. just because they're not ready to participate doesn't right. mean that the class is invaluable. Though. Yeah, exactly. They're still getting those exactly. seeds planted and, and they're still getting what they need from it.
1: Exactly. We've had people come in, especially on a two-day class. Some people just said, hey, can I come in on Saturday uh-huh. and <laughs> just right. sit in? And yeah. it's like, well, you've taken the class before or they'll... They'll come in just one day because they've taken it and times past. I think when you have something interesting like that, it benefits so many people on different levels. Um, most like coming just here in the fool's journey.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I that really was the attractant for me. That was the number one reason that I took the class. Well, maybe number three reason why I took the class <laughs> is because I always think the fool's journey bears repeating. Yeah. No matter how well you think you know it. I I think hearing it again and understanding the relationship between the different parts, Mm. the three different layers, plus the fool on top. I mean, all of those things are very valuable. And no matter how long you've been reading... Getting those shadow cards before and Mm. after in that relationship Mm. is very complex. (laughs) That is very high level, I think. And it's not the way most of us read. Yeah, But I think in time and in practice, I think it definitely has a lot of value.
1: I would really put the emphasis on being a card reader and reading, reading the synchronicities over psychism. Yeah, that's just my preference because, well, number one, your rate of burnout diminishes. And number two, both are effective. (laughs) 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 One is not better than the other, but there's a time and place for everything. (laughs) But I want to um, because what I see is a lot of people have this idea. I said this last episode. I get cards, I'm a magically become psychic. Yeah. And that kind of takes the value from reading the synchronicities. Okay. I've said that over and over again. Yeah. So, what happens with your fool's journey, it's allowing you to see all of these different angles that maybe psychically you wouldn't be able to pick up on because psychically it's a little more linear at times. Mm-hmm. This aspect, if you, as you said, if you see the shadow cards and you can trust in that synchronicity, your story is unfolding a little more broad. And you're exerting less effort. That's the difference. I
0: think you just psychically answered the question that I psychically had because (laughs) I tend to approach it the other way around Mm -hmm. or before I even shuffle the cards, the psychism is already coming Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of do stop looking at the cards on the dig in level that I really need to, which is why I took your class again, was because I really wanted that to shift a little bit for me. I mean, it always Mm -hmm. it always helps to have both. Mm -hmm. yes. But to really look at that and, and to see how the cards relate yeah. and make that tell the story mm-hmm. in addition to everything else.
1: Yeah, because if that shift doesn't happen, if, if none of the Claire's show up, if that psychic thing doesn't happen, you know, now what do I do? Yeah. And when that psychic thing does happen, well, you can't avoid that. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of what we do. You know, it's going to kick in and you could have a Celtic cross laid out and not see one card. And you could go from a psychic experience to channeling something and not even realize you're channeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've, had that, I've yeah, had that happen. Yeah, it
1: doesn't always okay. have to be like some entity that never was in human form. And so that's what I'm saying. We're, we're a little more broad, especially in recent years than we were in years past. Yeah. And we're a little more loose. A lot of things were imposed on readers back in the day and, and spiritual people. It's like we left religion but we took religious traditions to this so-called freedom and got bound up again.
0: We've talked about this. We've talked about this many times about why do there have to be these rules imposed (laughs) on a person? If a person is taking all of their cards and tossing them out on the table (laughs) and they're seeing something, and this is a completely different way than any person has ever read cards in the world. And suddenly they pull out six cards and they go, here you go. (laughs) If it's effective, who cares how they got there, right? Sounds
1: like me. <laughs> <laughs> You just described me. That's amazing. See, Psychic there hit. Know. There you go. There you know. go. <laughs> and so we, um, because it, it takes away from your authentic self. Right. I don't think these are issues of ego. These are control issues. And Tarot, I said in the class, there's rich tradition. Definitely keep those traditions. They're funny. They're great. It makes you feel as if you're a part of something. But it doesn't necessarily mean if I don't uphold these things, I cannot
0: read. That's. Yes, definitely. <laughs> You know. And my favorite one is, if you want to read tarot cards, go buy your, own deck.
1: So buy your own deck. There is no
0: downside. We actually addressed that a little bit, like some of the yeah. theories as to yeah. why you had to historically be gifted well, a deck. Right. You right. know, I mean, mm-hmm. the gatekeepers were keeping the circle close. Maybe mm-hmm. your mom gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, printing and paper, it was not as readily available as it is today. And that's so true. it was really something that had to be a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And really guarded...
1: Yeah. And, you know, superstitions that'll start to circulate out there and, and no one checks it or maybe they have no contrast. And so they just embrace this thing. So some of our habits are coming from the very place we we
0: shunned. Right. <laughs> and,
1: right. and so I'm just saying maybe we need to think along the lines of a little of being a little more liberated. Right. Right. Um, and it's OK to be unique in what you do. But the authentic expression is going to get you there faster. And I was fortunate I didn't have to do the mind dump. I came in this, like, I think I was like already three years reading before, which is amazing. Um, I had virtually no metaphysical interaction.
0: Really? Maybe for
1: two years. It was probably more like two years. Interesting. Yeah. And so it was more on a private level. I mean, I was, it was word of mouth and uh, friends of friends and all that stuff. So I wasn't public yet, but I already had a clientele. Uh-huh. It, it just happened really quickly. So when I started getting involved metaphysically, when I wanted to go a little more public and charge more, uh, <laughs> it it was strange to me because, as I said, I didn't grow up in the market. So I was looking at things that people say, I, I was saying in the class, you'll have a litany of things that you can't do. Right. But you right. won't hear often how many things that you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was breaking all those rules in my ignorance. I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know you're not supposed to read for yourself. I didn't know you're not supposed to get your first, you know, buy your own deck. I didn't know, you, you know, you're supposed to put them under a full moon. I was just, you know, I was a mess. And I felt a little chastised.
0: Right. Of course, because it was all working for you. You know,
1: and I I walk out the woods with leaves in my hair and I'm like, wow, what's the problem?
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I'm getting the job done. Yeah, basically. Yeah. (laughs) So it was that long drawn out rendition. I'm saying all that to say, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm saying we can loosen up a little bit.
0: I definitely think that that's a great idea. Yeah, we can loosen up. And, And I think if you've got a deck and you've been playing with the cards for a little while, you're at that time time you've you've done yeah. enough this is a great time to take a class yeah. especially one like Michaud's class because it really is going to open your eyes and make you look at things just a little bit differently yeah. and everything that you already have that you've already built on it's just gonna open some doors, mm. shine a little more light, mm-hmm. and you're really gonna find that this definitely is helpful and And I do recommend I can't say this enough, take it more than once.
1: <laughs> it's designed that way. Uh, it is and it's yeah. you know it's it's a little more than information. It's actually really discovering how you grow Mm -hmm. with this. We talk a lot about that and we talk about how you develop. It's it's how you discover how you develop. I'm not saying don't read people's material and stuff like that, but it's something particular when this type of class speaks directly to the individual and that that really fascinates me to see a person Grow after that, like to see them a couple of months later and grow. And then they say, hey, I want to take this class again, which have a lot of repeat students. Just, yeah. I do have a lot, but it, it's about growth as it should be. And again, I'll just reiterate because this is such an important part. Try your best to find your authentic Read style, your your authentic view of spirit. You know, as you just said, if it's effective, keep at that, even if it looks unorthodox.
0: Right. There you go. Don't let anybody tell you that it's unorthodox or that (laughs) you can't do it that way. (laughs) And conversely, once you Mm -hmm. become adept and you become really good at what you do, don't impose your will on others either. If you yeah. can avoid that, I think that's a good thing too. Let's let's keep the spirit going of this. Let's find each unique expression. Mm. Help each other. What do they say? What's the expression? Uh, rising tide raises all boats. All boats yeah, oh,
1: yeah. There you go. Let's do
0: that. There let's you all you know help each other. <laughs> yes. Well, guys,
1: I appreciate you for joining us. This is Michaud and Daisy. You're at the Psychic Shack podcast. We publish every first and third Monday. Every first and third Monday, new episodes of the Psychic Shack podcast. Thank you guys. Bye-bye.